A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode, this very special World Game Changes podcast episode, uh, and that's not to say that the others aren't special, but this one uh, is a little bit different because it's episode 350, 350 listeners, you know, I know it's an old saying, you know, about time flying, and uh, maybe that's one of the areas we can discuss, as I am very, very pleased and uh, honoured is, is, you know, I know that word's thrown around quite a lot in more recent times. But uh, to invite a lady who I class as a, as a close personal friend, as well as a, a marvellous, marvellous human being, Sharon Moore. Sharon, a very warm welcome to you. Well, thank you, Paul. I'm just so excited to be here. And I'm honoured that you've invited me on for your 350th 50th podcast. You can tell how excited I am. So, yeah, yeah. it's great to be here. Thank you. So obviously, Sharon, we're both excited and, you know, why shouldn't we? Because we're two young people, you know, I mean, we're at that sort of time of our life now where we're ready to leave our teens. And as listeners know to this podcast show, um, Sharon, I'm not very good at math, so you'll have to bear with me on this. So, um, you know, recycled teenagers, listeners, I think is what me uh, me and Sharon are. Um, but who's counting? So speaking from our hearts, 350, 350 episodes, Sharon, celebrating by speaking from our hearts. What does that term mean to you, speaking from our hearts? Well, I think it's something that we could do more of. Um, I've, I do listen to your podcasts and I find them very interesting. Sometimes I take something from them and sometimes I don't. But that doesn't matter. It's just nice to hear different people and different opinions. Mm. Um, I think we, we speak from our hearts enough. I think we speak a lot. Um, we say a lot of things that we think people want to hear rather than saying things that we truly believe and, and truly think. Um, I think... One thing that COVID has taught me is to be a little bit honest, um, a little bit more honest, uh, to face up to, to things that maybe I didn't used to face up to before. And, um, and just to get rid of unnecessary baggage, I found myself quite isolated, as many did through COVID. And... Uh, one thing I did notice in a more stress-free environment was that I wasn't snacking like I used to be. I wasn't such a grumps as I used to be. And um, so I set out to make some changes. And I feel that I do speak from a heart a bit more. I, I say things that are truer. Um, I think... Finally, in answer to that question, I've discovered also that you need to talk to people and make sure that you continue 
talking to them because if anyone's ever in trouble or they're, they're not quite themselves, I think it's rare that they'd actually tell you. And I think it's up to all of us to speak from our hearts and watch out for family and friends and, and just anyone, really, anyone that, um, that we know that maybe we haven't heard of from a long time. And uh, so, yeah, I feel that communication is really good. Hmm. Speaking. Well, I'm going to offer something which on the surface of it, Sharon, is quite paradoxical, contradictory. But isn't it or is it uh, that speaking part of speaking from our hearts is actually having the ability to listen to others? Do you say that's true? Yes, it is. And it's interesting that you should say that because I think we all think we're good listeners, but in actual fact, I've learned that we're not. Uh, we're too quick to tell people our experiences rather than just listening to theirs. And I think if, if we could just wait a, a moment and let the person share everything that they want to share and then try and understand as opposed to bombarding them with your own experiences or trying to tell them that, oh, it's not that bad, when in actual fact it, it is, otherwise they wouldn't be sharing. Mm. That brings in one of the deadly three Cs, doesn't it? The comparison. You know, why are you upset because you've lost your goldfish? That's nothing to get upset about. Well, who are you to judge what that goldfish meant to me? Um, yeah. We do as a society, don't we? Which brings another word that you used, Sharon, before that, honest, and I sometimes stroke often wonder if the world is ready for honesty. You know, it's a word, it's thrown around. Oh, you must be authentic. You must be this. You should do this. You should do that. And the practicalities, from my experience, is when you do really speak from your heart, people can, you know, people can get offended quite easily, can't they? They like, you know, I mean, this sounds quite, I hope it doesn't sound too judgmental, but... You know, is it? I ask you as a question, Sean. Is there this thing within humanity that says, "Yeah, okay, I like the ideology of speaking from our hearts, being authentic, you know, being honest, blah blah blah." But I, I wonder, is the world really, really ready for it? Well, that's a really interesting question, and I'm not sure that I've got the answers for that. I think maybe we could just make our small changes. And then together, maybe we might start making a bit of a difference. Um, I'm particularly interested in young people that, that struggle. Um, my husband's bipolar, and I know that from time to time we go through some really dark places. And, um, and I think that one of the reasons he has bipolar is because he wasn't taught any skills when he was growing up to share his feelings because he was grown up to be, um, sorry, he was brought up to be a man and to stomach anything that came his way. And I think in life, when things got difficult, I think he found that um, it was quite challenging. So whenever a, I come across a man who is seemingly in reaching out in a bit of trouble, um, I tend to offer my, 
my um, listening services um, because I like to go to bed at night and think that I have tried to help that person instead of just ignoring them. So mm. in other words, um, I shared that with you because I wanted to show you that I was qualified to, to say this. Um, but I think if we all start listening and, and sharing a bit more and make those small changes, then again, together, I think we can make a big difference. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Allow me to play devil's advocate again, Sharon, if I may, on that point, though. And I do 100% agree. And I know we've spoken off air about, you know, um, similar parallel situations that, you know, I've, I've gone through in my own life with my own family. Um, but does that bring in that, the question then, Sharon, of vulnerability, you know, to kind of put it out there? Because as you say, there is this kind of expectation, particularly at the risk of stereotyping with guys and guys of a certain, you know, generation of stiff upper lip, just get on with it. Big boys don't cry, man up. And all this nonsense that we fed um, from, and certainly from that, you know, that generation that you're referring to, uh, you know, with your husband and and my generation, I'm not quite so sure that it's of that ilk these days, but certainly is from from our generation. So there's this whole conditioning, Sharon, that goes with it, isn't there? Yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of going to revisit something that I said about um, my husband not really being taught the skills when he was growing up. I think I've maybe got some second thoughts about that because. I believe that men are just totally different to women and women always have to air things and have to chat about things and run things by friends or family. Um, often we can't make a purchase unless we've had a second opinion, but that's the way we are. When I brought up my children, I depended on my friends, my young mum friends to help and advise me and they helped me uh, we didn't have the internet we didn't have um, people on tap so we had to just support each other and learn ourselves and uh, and that's the way we're built but men aren't built the same so I'm going to retract that and say that maybe we ought to find a way that men can feel a bit freer in sharing, reaching out, um, finding help, making mm. it a bit more accessible without being laughed at by their mates down the pub, I guess. And that's the thing, isn't it? And if I can be allowed to speak from experience here, Sharon, that was conditioned from a very, very, very early age, you know, win at all costs, big boys don't cry, never show weakness, finish the job. All this kind of stuff that I learned, well, it was survival. It was, it was real raw survival at a very early age when I didn't have the emotion or the intellectual capacity to, to know any other. It was what I was taught, and that was it. It was very, very, very black and white. Sink or swim, live or die, and that was it. And it took, if I'm honest about it, Sharon, it took decades to unravel that plate full of spaghetti, that emotional spaghetti. But I go back to something that Tony Robbins says, when you can change your life in a heartbeat. Now, when I first heard that a few years ago, I thought, is that more American razzmatazz? More American hype was my initial reaction. 
what I now know is that's very, very true. Is that simple? Well, that's that's for the individual to answer. But yet again, you know, just to sort of, if I may share my own insight and experience around that, it is having, to quote Brenny Brown, the strength, the courage to be vulnerable, to actually go into a pub where all the, you know, the so-called boys are and say, do you know what happened last night? I broke down and cried. But there's this whole mask, isn't there? I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, why can't you? Because to do that, and I speak from experience, as I say, is like it's like popping a boil. All that energy, that negative toxic, that badness comes out, that emotional on, on you know, unleashing of that, that buildup of pressure that affects us. You know, I went through some serious, serious challenges throughout my life, not just in my younger days. And it was all down to that. Just shut up. Just get on with it. You're a man, aren't you? Well, actually, no, I'm a young boy. Oh, that don't matter. You're male. Just crack on. Be all right. And by the way, here's a good idea to give you something to think about. So I, I get it, Sharon. And, and for me, the answer is, inverted commas, simplis, simplistically, to, to realise that irrespective of what body we're in, whether that's male or female, it's kind of irrelevant. It's only a, that's only a passing through vehicle. But the reality of the energy of who we are, um, you know, in this human form, we're vulnerable. And I don't care, you know, whoever. I mean, I've been in the company of world, world-class boxers. For me, part of the strength is to have that acceptance and knowledge that as a human being, what's that old saying, Sharon? No man is an island. Boy, ain't that true? Ain't that true? Yes, it is. So, I don't know. I don't, I mean, you know, am I oversimplifying it, Sharon, with what I've said about, you know, have the courage, you know, to quote Brenny Brown, our strength is our vulnerability, irrespective of what label we've got, male, female, strong, weak, you know, rich, poor, black, white, gay, straight, all those labels, very, you know, not to keep stressing the point, but we're human beings. And we're having challenges all the time. And do you know what? It's okay to get things wrong. It's called being human. But we don't do that, do we? We raise the bar. So I've got to, you know, is it that old saying, Sharon, keep up with the Joneses. They've got a black cat. So I've got to have two black cats. And by the way, my cats will be blacker. This whole, whole kind of social pressure that goes with, uh, that can go with, uh, with the human race. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And it was there when, when I was a younger person. It was there when my mum was a young person. It was there when my grandma was a young person. And it's there today. And it'll always be there. It just takes different forms. Um, and I think at the moment, it's probably a lot, um, a lot of people struggle with uh, social media and how social media portrays some people. Um, I believe that you can use filters to make you look quite flawless and you can either, even make yourself look a bit slimmer. You can show off what you've got when maybe it might be a picture cut out from a magazine. Um, in other words, what I'm saying is that social media can be very false, um, that it's not what you're being shown isn't the real world at all. Um, I think 
I found challenges when my children were growing up. And I think my children are finding challenges raising their children because um, they're being bombarded with today's things that aren't right, um, changing the way you look um, and, well, everything. You can get anything. You can, through the internet, you can search and, and get your hands on anything. And um, I've lost my way a bit, but, um, yeah, I think these challenges are for everyone over the years um, and we've all experienced them in one way or another. Mm. The uh, I was just smiling when you were speaking there, Sharon, about these filters with social media. And I'm thinking, I might try this social media thing I keep hearing about. Because if they've got these filters and it can do all these, perhaps I can create a picture of me with some hair on. I mean, is it that good, Sharon, or is that the impossible? Is that a step too far? No, no I believe anything's possible. <laughs> right, I'm going to put it to the test. The next thing I'm going to, listeners, I'm going to get into social media. You know, it's going to be a first, Paul, with some hair. There you go. <laughs> um, I mean, is it oversimplifying it, Sharon, to say that, you know, the, and I'm going to use a big phrase here, almost cliched phrase of the answer to the world's problems. Is that a choice between love and fear? Is it that simplistic? Is if you know to go back to the sort of the 60s, dare I say the hippie type, you know, love is the answer. Um, but is it, I mean, you know, for, is it Sharon, you know, this this powerful thing that we in the many varied forms it takes, you know, it's so difficult to define, isn't it? This thing, and it answers so much, or does it, or am I being oversimplistic? Well. That's, that's too big a question for me. I, I just, I don't know. I think if we all make little changes, mm. it, it becomes a big thing. Uh, if we all just care a little bit more, that becomes a, a big thing. I think together we can make quite a difference to the world. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. it is those little changes, isn't it? And those changes that start within ourselves, because isn't it true, Sharon, that I think, you know, a lot of people look outside for the answers. But the answers really, as you, as you, you know, you've said one or two times here, and in my humble opinion, is absolutely true. That change starts within. And it's a bit like dropping a pebble in a pond then, isn't it? That ripple effect of, you know, you somebody being, I don't know, more energetic, bright, loving, compassionate, call it what you will, whatever the, you know, the, the knock-on is. But that does have that knock-on effect, doesn't it? Um, I've recited on more than one occasion, listeners, um, and I think it's very appropriate to bring into the conversation with Sharon here about Maya Angelou and the conversation she had uh, with one of her mentees, Oprah Winfrey. And Oprah came in one day all excited about this new school she was starting in Africa, saying she would it would be her greatest legacy, um, you know, positively affecting and protecting young girls. And uh, Mayor Angelou Amenta said, no, it's not. That's not your greatest legacy. Oh, it is, it is, it is. You know, the numbers and, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And she said, Oprah, it's not. You don't know what your greatest legacy is. Your greatest legacy is the smile you gave to a stranger this morning. The person that you might have carried a bag to 
to the car or, you know, I don't know, that random act of kindness, doesn't matter what it is, that's going to be your greatest legacy. And that's a real thought-provoking thing, Sharon, isn't it? Because when, isn't there this expectation in the world that, you know, we've got to start schools in Africa, we've got to change the world, and we, we either do it big or we don't do it. I mean, there is that kind of perception, isn't there? Yeah, there is. But again, you know, small small changes all the time can make such a difference. Mm. If you decided to, I don't know, support Mary's Mills in Africa and um, put yourself on a direct debit paying £12 a month, you're, you'll end up feeding 12 children a month mm. so that they go to school. You know, and that that's a difference to 12 children and that's worth doing. And yet it's £12 a month to you. And don't walk past that old lady who's struggling to get a packet of biscuits off a shelf, you know, just, just help her. And Mm. these, they do make such a difference to people and, and just show that you care and it takes no time to do, but it can make somebody's day. So Mm. just a bit nicer. And on that note, Sharon, of making a difference, this is a small matter of a foundation that you and I are trustees in, isn't there? Yes, I've been looking forward to this bit. I'm very excited. You know, just to kind of do a a brief intro into that, and I'm certainly not going to steal Sharon's thunder, but she mentioned uh, two words earlier on, listeners, and then I'm going to hand over to Sharon and, and take us where she takes us. But she mentioned two words, young people so Sharon where do we go from here young people and foundation well I was really excited to be um, a founding trustee for the Rob Moore Foundation Um, as you know I have a personal association with Rob Moore because he is my son and he set up a a foundation quite some time ago but it just sat there really and he does so much for me he's such a great son and um, I might add that my daughter is also a great daughter and um, gives me wonderful support Um, my son helps in other ways and I decided to get his foundation active we did manage to raise quite a lot of money for it last year and Uh, Because of the COVID um, pandemic and the National Health Service needing as much money as they could, we did decide to donate a vast amount of money to their, um, I think it was, uh, I shouldn't say think, because I do actually know, uh, it was for their essential things that they needed to cope with the pandemic, like the face masks and Uh, protective wear and that sort of thing and then we had uh, some money left and Rob did a a pitch on social media to his followers and invited individuals to um, apply for a £3,030 grant. We decided that this grant would be awarded to whoever Rob's listeners voted for. I sorted through the applications and picked out the six that that I felt, well, they caught my eye, if I'm honest. 
Um, so we we pitched them between us and offered, um, sorry, invited the listeners to vote. And it was unanimous. The vote went to a lady who'd written a book for children um, on bereavement. She had found that um, she'd lost several members of her family in a short space of time. And she found that there was nothing much in schools for teachers to help her children overcome bereavement while they were in school. And it encouraged her to write a book and she needed the grant to get it published. Um, she, the, the thinking behind the book was to make teachers better educated and to find them something in the library that would help children that were um, suffering with bereavement. And then we had um, a lady that had really touched our hearts and we didn't have any funds for her, but Rob invited her into the, the studio to pitch her, um, her application again. And she was developing an app that would alert parents if their children were on the internet in not visiting not very good sites. And we were just so touched by her personal story that we decided to try and help her even though we hadn't got the funds. And we managed to raise enough, the, the £3,030 for her as well to help her on her way. And Rob and I both donated actually. Um, I, I just, it touched my heart if I'm honest. And Rob said, well, whatever you can, whatever we gather in, um, I'll top up the rest. And that's what we did. Um, so that's how we started. And I was just so excited. I felt honoured and privileged to be part of uh, these people's journeys. I've actually kept in touch with them for quite some time, although that has dwindled now. Um, I'd like to have had an update for you today, but I wasn't able to get you one. And now we're moving into the next stage and uh, we have funds and we are inviting people in to apply for funding. The, so Rob is particularly interested in helping young people, maybe um, a person that's underprivileged. Uh, sometimes people don't know they're underprivileged. They're living their lives and they're probably quite happy and not don't know that they come from an underprivileged background or they're not being given the chances that somebody else might be given. So we do invite people to uh, apply for grants on on their on somebody's behalf. So Rob's really he will help anyone. So you can apply for anything about anything even if it's a, a disaster that's happened somewhere and funds are needed. I mean, Rob will just help anyone if he can. But primarily, he is looking to empower young people to change their lives and set up their own businesses or set up a lifelong ambition in a business or to help others um, create an environment to help others. So that's primarily 
what he's looking to do. Wow. Wow. So investing in young people, and as you say, Sharon, not just young people, but mainly young people, because, you know, at the risk of using, yet again, a well-known phrase, you know, they are our future, aren't they? You know, the younger generation are our future. Yes, they are. And Rob's is, Rob could help anyone, but if you just keep helping people and helping people, at what point do you run out of being able to help someone? But if you give them the tools to help themselves, then that changes their life. And then they will change other people's lives because they mm. will want to pass that on. And I think that's the difference. So it's not just giving money to, to stick over an issue. It's, it's really mentoring, giving people time, um, sorry, not time, giving people the, the ability to achieve what they want to achieve. Mm. It's almost like that, um, teach them to fish, isn't it, really? Teach them to fish yeah. Yeah. Rather, rather than just keep buying fish. Because like you say, you know, it's that pebble in the pond effect, isn't it? You know, you teach somebody to fish and there is that, you know, that knock-on effect. Whereas, uh, boy, do I know this from personal experience, you throw money at a situation and uh, even if you've got immensely uh, big pockets with a lot of money in, um, that strategy won't last long, won't last long. Uh, so, okay, Sharon, so um, as we draw towards a close then, um, I want to ask you a kind of, I always finish with guests with one big question at the end, but before we come to that one, um, I mean, you know, you've mentioned the, uh, the Rob Moore Foundation there. Um, how can people find out about, uh, and I'm going to say our foundation, because obviously I'm part of that, um, you know, um, that thrill and that, and it is a thrill to be able to contribute to people. It really is. Um, it's about, you know, meeting that highest human need of contribution. Um, so how can people find out more about the Rob Moore Foundation, Sharon, or indeed yourself? Okay, well, first of all, Paul, you've just uh, taken away my next bit I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to thank you for all your wonderful support you've given me and the foundation as being our uh, beloved trustee <laughs> and <clears throat> our only trustee. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. It was um, it is challenging setting up a foundation. I'm not going to lie. And uh, you did help so much um, along the way and helped me put everything together. I was getting carried away about the, the two wonderful people we helped last year. But <laughs> I was missing my manners. But, yeah, I would like to thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so the Rob Moore Foundation, you can find by just typing in Rob Moore Foundation he has um, a podcast called The Disruptive Entrepreneur. And on his website, he has a foundation page. And there you can apply for me to send an application form to you. The email, uh, if you would like to email direct, you'll get me, uh, is the Rob Moore Foundation, which is all one word, at robmore.com. So that's the Rob Moore Foundation, all one word, 
at robmore.com and I'll send you an application. You can ask any, anything and we consider anything. I guarantee every single email is read. Uh, sometimes it doesn't fit with what we're trying to do. However, it can still be a really good cause. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I always make sure that I tell the person if we can't help them, it's because it doesn't just, it just doesn't fit with our foundation, but doesn't reflect how, how important their cause is. Um, so yeah, absolutely everything is considered at some point and from anywhere in the world and from any walk of life. Hmm. On a humorous note, listeners, I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to fill one of those forms in and send it to Sharon to see. I, I quipped earlier on about my hair and social media. I'm going to put an application in, Sharon. This is straight from the horse's mouth, um, you know, for some kind of to grow some hair. Now, I don't know what the technology is for that out in the world, but I've, I've got this bee in my bonnet now, no pun intended, around this growing hair. So, you know, what? just watch your inbox for an application form. Although as a trustee, I don't think I'm allowed to apply, but I don't know, just for a bit of fun. Anyway, that aside. So, <laughs> listeners, the drum roll of the big question. Sharon, I always, um, not always, but I often offer this situation. So we've just met in a, in a, in a say, a hotel reception, and then we, we get in the lift to go up to the next floor, and within 30 seconds, I say, okay, Sharon, it's fascinating to have met you. Tell me, just give me one piece of advice that you could leave to the world. By the time this lift gets to the next floor, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, whatever, what would be that legacy piece of advice, Sharon, that you would leave to the world? What that speaking from your heart, what would that be, that one piece? Well, that's easy for me. Um, it's just be nice. Just, just be nice. Uh, when you talk to people, be nice. They might be growling at you, but you don't know what's going on in their life and there might be a reason that they're growling at you. Um, sometimes people just get upset about a problem and it's no reflection on the person. Um, so just be nice. Just smile to that person that looks at you in the supermarket or um, make let that car in front if you go it, it's no big deal it, it's just nice just just be nice thank you sharon so there we have it listeners episode 350 an amazing dance with with sharon moore as i've said you know at the top of this uh, this conversation really and uh, i know it is a word that's thrown around like confetti these days but honored to be uh, uh, what I class as a close friend of Sharon and a trustee and an amazing, beautiful person that she is. So um, I just want to kind of hold space, Sharon, for episode 700. So if we work in multiples of 350, this is our first. So the next one will probably be two and a half years down the line, episode 700. But it's got your name all over it. So, you know, oh, just put... Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just put that in your diary Sharon for two and a half three years hence whatever it is and uh, on that humorous note listeners um, as I always do I'm going to sign off by saying remember the world's changing how will you respond thanks very much for listening to this world game changers podcast episode hopefully you found it interesting and helpful drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, 
the world is changing. How will you respond 